0: Steven Spoon Ramsey back with the best show for high school sports. You got it right here. The H2S2 High School Holler Sports Show. It's time for some Coaches Chatter. Our special guest today features a woman who served Chicago youth both as a basketball coach and referee. She has a remarkable story to tell as she was once a victim who came out victorious. And she also teaches us and tells us about how messes can be your messages from God. That's a strong statement right there. It's a two-part pre-recorded interview with Miss Tanya Johnson from the Chicago South Side. Our featured guest on this edition of the H2S2 Coaches Chatter. This is one I know you're going to enjoy. Take a listen.
1: School Holler.
0: Steven Spoon Ramsey with the High School Holler Sports Show with a remote edition of the Coach's Chatter. We're joined now with a legendary coach in the city of Chicago, Chicago Public School Sports, Coach Tanya Johnson. Coach Johnson, thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me. Uh,
0: tell us about your involvement in CPS sport.
2: My initial involvement was is that I'm a teacher with CPS, uh, almost 30 years. And I got involved with CPS come the close of my career. Uh, I initially started uh, coaching and officiating in the community, trying to save uh, young men's lives. So I started out coaching uh, men and I figured, well, I knew how the males treated me and or not. And I wanted to make sure that if I entered another arena that uh, we, we uh, were compelled to make gentlemen, good, well-rounded uh, students first. I know people say it all the time, but I mean it. I'm an academic myself. So I expected nothing less from my kids. And uh, that's where it all began.
0: And, and what school were you with?
2: When I started coaching. And coaching and teaching. My initial uh, start for teaching was at Sojourner Truth School in Cabrini Green. Okay. Uh, I stayed there three years. I left and went to uh, Richard Wright, which is down the street from Orr High School, for which one of my uh, players is the head coach there, Lewis. and I'm very proud of him and his accomplishments. But... Um, to answer the threefold question, coach, referee, and teaching, I had to leave each school uh, maybe about every three years because anytime you started advocating for students and students, student athletes, even at second and third grade, a lot of administrators were not happy about that.
0: Now, when we talk about coaching, let our listeners know which particular sport did you coach?
2: I coached uh, boys basketball. I coached girls basketball for. Uh, Years, not uh, consecutive years, but uh, my heart was always with the boys.
0: When did it start, Coach Johnson? Your love for basketball.
2: Age 11. Um, I'm from Inglewood, uh, born and raised. I'm not going to tell you my age, what I was. No, I'm not going to make you do that. If I take this hat off, you see all this gray hair, you can kind of figure it out. But uh, age 11 in Inglewood, I uh, started w- watching players and uh, admiring players like uh, Ricky Green. You remember Ricky Green? Yes, I do. Reggie Theus. I used to go to IIT. I used to sit in gyms all day. Um, from the time they opened, waiting waited for them to open Chicago Park Districts. We went out to Chicago State. You remember when they used to have games out there? And I used to just take a notepad like you? And I just wrote. And I studied. And I wrote. And I studied. And I asked questions. And I took pictures. And that kind of thing. That's where it started age 11 in Inglewood.
0: When we talk about those games, those were some great games. I mean, Terry Cummins and, and, and Doc Rivers and all of them participating in, in those type of tournaments. That was great.
2: Oh, and um, also alumni from here, um, Skip Dillard. I don't know if he Skip went. There, yeah. he, uh, his brother coached with me on the coaching staff here okay. as well.
0: We spoke earlier about you playing two roles in Chicago Public Schools, coaching and refereeing. Let's talk about the coaching aspect. Talk about how you got your first opportunity at coaching.
2: I designed my first opportunity of coaching. We started out at St. Anselm. That's where Ricky Green and a lot of those guys uh, play ball at regularly, uh, daily almost. I went and got some players, some students from St. Martin. I went to St. Martin Grammar School, 59 Princeton. Some players that were in my sister's class. She's six years younger than I am. And uh, in the community from the Park District. And we just went from there. My cousin, and I told them what what I wanted to do, what my dream and vision was, and they made it happen. So you were pretty much AAU before AAU. <laughs> I think so. I, I would like to believe so. If you said it, then I, I'll take that. I'll take it.
0: And, and from that, from that group of young men, how did it, you know, launch you further into coaching?
2: Can I tell you a bad story? Okay. Okay, well. If, if, if you're willing to share. That, I will. Um, that, that forced me to stay committed to the situation at St. Hansel. I had a group of uh, guys who beat all the neighborhood guys, uh, gangbangers included. I'm not sure, I think we may have lost one game prior to the playoffs, and that didn't sit well with the neighborhood um, administrators on the street. And um, what one said, actually the one who ran everything around there was, we can't beat her, but we like her. We respect her. And I just uh, tried to build upon the level of respect that I got from uh, the community and other teams um, what actually happened, the negative that I'm referring to is that we um, got caught in the dead end of the gym. There was one exit, and I didn't know. I was so on fire, you know, power to the people, and save, trying to save lives. And, and, and I overlooked this one particular situation where a gentleman with disabilities was about 55 years old. Every day he used to say, "Danya, it's my birthday. And every day I would give him a dollar that I saw him and um, some candy, because that's what he wanted. And he was trying to warn me that had I won that game, that championship game, that they were going to hurt us. And I didn't hear him. Thus, my other compassion for people with disabilities, uh, my nephew included, didn't know where that was going to take me either. But what happened was, the last two minutes, maybe a minute and 21 seconds, I remember the, the team that we were playing, their starter, which was another game leader, second in command, uh, went up in the bleachers, just walked off the floor, fouled out the game, walked up, looked to the left, looked to the right, gave a signal, and people came out of everywhere. They came from behind the stage, they came off that dead end of the building, they came from outdoors. And I've never, I don't remember any black person or person of color owning a horse whip, but they had four. And they sat as we are sitting here, as I coached the game, and we're getting ready to, to, to what I thought, take this championship. They jumped over my head. They had designated people they were going to get first. They jumped over my head with four horse whips. And our trophies were here. And they took our trophies. And they beat us with them. Wow. I was able to get out. Uh, I was able to weave through and get out. Uh, military background. I was able to kind of do that kind of thing. You know, in dodging bullets every day. in Englewood. I, I could do a few things. Not much. But I got out. And I tried to get, call the police to get some help. And uh, when I got ready to go back in to help my players, I mean, I couldn't fight any man, but to go in and try to help them get out, this one guy pushed me back out, and he told me that they were going to uh, break my face, and he had orders to do that. And uh, please don't, I'm begging you, and he pushed me out, and I couldn't go back in to help
0: them. Obviously, you kept going. Yeah. It didn't deter you uh, from helping, wanting to help the community and help young men. How did you come back together in and, and coaching after that.
2: A couple meetings with my guys see how they felt about being in these kind of situations. What we could have done to resolve that. What, what can we do different? Were they willing to continue uh, in this fight? for injustice you know and and what we know now is attack on the black man uh were they willing to ride that out with me and they said yes and by any means necessary and we did that and we actually the uh the gang leader returned our trophies when he bought us new trophies when he found out that the second in command did that because he didn't have an order from him so i don't know in in street justice i kind of looked at it like that and uh we planned and we strategized and we went out to uh compete all over the city. We were the first team to even uh, compete at Merillac House on Jackson. I I know you're familiar. We played a lot of games in between, say maybe 10. 10 tournaments. And then when we got to the Merillac House, here again was the same situation. We're going to watch. You're going to watch us kill her. And then we're going to kill y'all. We're going to shoot y'all. And a 12-foot fence uh, with a slave chain around it. And they locked us in.
0: We talked to a lot of coaches about the challenges of coaches, and I don't believe I've heard any challenges to that extent. Outside of that, what are some of the other challenges as a coach that you had to go up against?
2: Sexism, prejudice, and I don't know if I don't know if I uh, am supposed to say this, but God told me to speak my truth and deal with the consequences later. If so be it, I think I've dealt with enough. Uh, injustice and consequence up to this age over 50 but uh my official official if one had to recognize was here and I think this is what God led me to do is to choose this place where it was uh not so pleasant leaving although we had all those accolades and that you suggested uh that um I got terminated on the front door of these steps
0: We are conducting this interview at the Weston House High School on uh, Chicago's west side. And so you also coached here.
2: Yes. uh, And I want to uh, send accolades to the new principal here. He had nothing to do with it. this uh, establishment, this beautiful football facility, this beautiful campus that looks collegiate uh, was not here. I was in the warehouse part of the school. Well, that challenge, that in and of itself. All I've known was basketball. My whole life, as you asked, age 11 to at that time, 38. When some the rug is pulled from under you and you have no forewarning, when you work 364 days a year early in the morning to late in the night until someone says, all right, and we'll see you again at 5 a.m., what do you do? That's all I knew. So um, it was a wrongful termination and I beat that case. So that was the most hurtful of those other two you know, there, there are a lot of things that happen in between, but, but that, in and of itself, you met uh, my former player, uh, Darren Gafford, who's uh, now assistant coach here. I've never, if I may expound upon that, uh, um, what got me through, Alex, expand upon your question, was him. At age 14, uh, we talked one or two hours about what his role should be in my absence. For me, that was more important than what happened to me, and uh, how he can galvanize the players to uh, continue with some of the things that I try to teach them. And he did a magnificent job, as you can see, because otherwise he would not be able to secure a job, what is this, 14, 15 years after the fact? Another reason why I chose to be out here was uh, to be a support uh, to him. He's not the only one. I've got a lot of successful players, you know. I say that with pride. I'm excited about it. They were family, family men, and that was what my purpose, my calling was before I had a child.
0: And when we talk about that, Coach Johnson, just as we're talking about the challenges of coaching, that has to be some of the rewards of coaching. So what are some of those that you experienced?
2: This is a very selfless uh, job. The pay was not equivalent. It was a stipend. You know, like, I don't know, $500 or something for, you know, 12 months of work. Uh, But my kids, I call them my kids still. uh, They are managers, uh, Home Depot. They're family men. They're married. They have children. They're raising them right. I've got some of their own stores and their own businesses. Hard working, man. And that same thing I tried to convey to them on the uh, court is what they do in life. And so if I'm not answering for myself, those are uh, some great, great accomplishments. I take pride in that.
0: Those are the things that people don't see on trophies, cases, and things like that. So those are great rewards of coaching great rewards i've been asking other coaches about a recent article uh, not too long ago that was submitted by a local newspaper it talked about women and coaching young men um what's your views on that Uh, obviously you've experienced it it's come out to be some challenges but you've overcome those what is your opinion about women coaching young men
2: i think we give it another dynamic unbeknownst to soothsayers That that would not say so. When I began on the south side, I only knew one other lady. Um, A older lady was. She had a son that was playing, and she didn't feel that uh, the men were doing her son um, and his friends justice. And she started herself. So when I first started, that first couple years, I played against her all the time. I think she was. um, I looked at her. I looked up to her. And I think that if you are not haughty, and if you're humble, we have uh, we deposit something different. In uh, our young men than anybody else, and I first, and I know they like to keep everything separate church and state that kind of thing. I took my, my boys to church, they attended my college graduation. I wanted them to have vision. Um, I don't know, um, it seemed like we've lost something along the way over the last 15 years. It doesn't look the same to me. I don't know if. I think our commitment is different. I think we're willing to go the extra mile because we don't have any choice. If we try, we're trying to prove something, uh, that we're as good and or we're as good as uh, uh, the next fellow. I would like to believe that I had uh, some uh, contributing factor in that, and that uh, there's somebody behind me. I don't know a, a lot of women. There was a, one more I think at Austin when I was coaching, and there are a couple in the community, but I don't really know. Uh, what their contributions are at this time.
0: What do you think about the accomplishments of Dorothy Gators, who's a Hall of Famer, a woman who probably went through some of the similar adversities as sexism and things like
2: that? Well, she's a little bit older than I am. And actually, I went to a basketball camp when I was 12. So like I said, I was doing all that studying at 11 and 12. Asked my grandparents, could I catch the uh, L to DePaul with Ray Meyer? And she was there. And again, for me, uh, a, a role model, uh, another pioneer if you if, you know if you will and I just uh, try to pick up some of her attributes and her commitment. I think she's done a wonderful job. I had opportunities to uh, referee a lot of her games as well to see people like uh, Kathy Poindexter come up and a lot of those other girls. And so I think you know her accomplishments are great you know Ours is a little different I think on the other side.
1: High school Holler
0: That's part one of this edition of The Coach's Chatter featuring Coach Tanya Johnson. We're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, we'll learn more about Tanya Johnson, the referee.
1: Stay with us on the H2S2 Show. High School Holler. With a name like Cruise Planners, you might expect us to only sell, well, cruises. But in fact, what we sell are unforgettable travel experiences, regardless of where you're headed or how you'll get there. Because we believe the freedom to travel should come with a freedom of choice. We call it our Cruisitude, a positive outlook on life and zest for travel. Whether you're looking for an all-inclusive resort in the Caribbean, a history-rich European tour, an exciting African safari, an intimate river cruise, a memorable ocean voyage, or a destination wedding of a lifetime. Cruise Planners helps take the stress and burden of planning it all off your shoulders because we understand the hardest part about travel is the actual planning. You know, spending hours upon hours online, comparing prices, reading hotel reviews from people you don't even know, and trying to figure out what to do when you get there. I mean, why spend four weeks planning your one-week vacation? It can take the fun out of the experience. But luckily, Cruise Planner's travel advisors are travel rock stars. All of our travel agents are travelers like you, but have an encyclopedia of travel knowledge. So just let them know what you want to experience, and like that, they can personally design your ultimate vacation, no matter your travel style or budget. And you can take all of that knowledge with you when you download the Cruise Planner's mobile app. So much travel information right in the palm of your hand. Cruise Planners is an American Express travel representative and also has access to exclusive travel offers so you won't have to worry about whether you're getting the best value for your experience. Your Cruise Planners travel professional is here to help turn your travel dreams into a travel reality. So contact your Cruise Planners travel advisor today. School
0: Welcome back to the High School Holler Sports Show Coaches Chatter. We're speaking with longtime basketball coach and referee, Tanya Johnson, who shared an incredible story about her coaching career. We now talk about her career as a basketball referee. Here's part two of the H2S2 Coaches Chatter with Tanya Johnson. We spoke about it earlier. And we, we briefly mentioned about you refereeing. How was that transition from coaching to refereeing?
2: It was a little difficult Because again uh, Before you can get that respect And a level of coaching From uh, men They felt like they could tell me What I could and could not do You're going to choose And this was verbatim From quite a few people uh, Until they understood That I put the work in To make my own decisions And that that couldn't be controlled like that They didn't like it And so I, I suffered uh, a lot uh, from that But I wanted to show my kids when I coach girls and when I coach guys that you could be a two-sport letterman at this level either. And you control your own destiny. God tells you what you do, what you do out here. And what its purpose is for your life. And if you do it, you reap reward. And if you don't, there are consequences to your actions. So I did both uh, for the same amount of time.
0: And when we talk about the transition from coaching to officiating, those two different types of stresses, I'm sure. (laughs) Well, I guess the question I want to ask in that regard is, which was more stressful for you,
2: coaching
0: or officiating?
2: I'm not sure. There was so much stress that uh, I think the other one gave balance to the other. If that made any sense Yeah, I I just pressed We just pressed I had 18 hour days And they were split between the two Um, I had opportunities also to make it uh, To the state finals in officiating But I got sick And I had to stop So I was on the last leg of that As well as getting ready to go And uh, train in California To uh, officiate at the next level And I, I couldn't because I got sick
0: when we talk about officiating and we talk about coaching, which is uh, harder to deal with? Deal. Was it harder dealing with players as a coach or coaches as an official?
2: Coaches as an official. <laughs> I love my kids. My kids love me. Um, I didn't have children until uh, 15 years, 20, 20-some odd years after my fo- first coaching uh, position at like 18 years old or something like that. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just felt like. Proud mother, and so you didn't reap that same reward in officiating. Uh, that was a different kind of proving your self worth when the the powers that be told you you weren't gonna do that if they had anything to do with it, and they made good on it. Kinda.
0: Well, when you had the opportunity to coach some of your own players. Was it uh, a different aspect for you to actually see some of these players that you started, you, now you're on the officiating side of it?
2: I rarely officiated any of my uh, players' games. I wouldn't put them in a, a situation ever where they had to, uh, uh, where there was conflict on any level.
0: Talk about the, the number of talents you've seen. You've seen talent on both a coaching level and an officiating level. Um, the talent in the past... Compared to the talent of today,
2: I don't think it's enough instruction. I don't think that the um, commitment across the board is there. Sometimes it's, uh, like I said, this is selfless, but sometimes I think it's selfish uh, for coaches to live out their childhood or uh, their childhood through the kids. And I never did that. I just wanted to see them progress. I met um, some players that I watched like. Arthur Agee, my documentary. I had the uh, privilege of meeting him. I only deal with people how to deal with me. And if I see any mistreatment along the way with with kids, I don't associate, I disassociate myself. I've always been like this. I've been a a loner. The thing I take pride in is knowing that I owe no man nothing but to love him because I did not, uh, I didn't succumb to the pressure. And I didn't do things that maybe other people feel compelled to do today. I never compromise, ever and that put me in a position not to move as fast in either arena that i would have liked but when i came up uh, there were players from inglewood uh, that i loved watching play and almost seemed like what got deposited in michael jordan i almost had an eye my deposit was in my eye and i could see that uh, there were players that should have been in the nba and because of their choices they forfeited their opportunities And I wasn't willing to forfeit mine And any other uh, gentleman that I came in contact I try to teach them not to forfeit theirs
0: And that's awesome You, of course, over I believe you said 38 years of teaching Coaching and refereeing all together Almost 30, okay A little over, All right. Um, Talk about some of the, the best Memories as a coach And some of the best memories You have as a referee
2: My best memories as a coach Um was to be the first at almost everything. I like being the first at lack House, although we had that injustice from the South Side uh, Took pride in that. like being the first to run uh, K-Swiss and Sherna Shoes Tournament across the street from uh, St. Ignatius in the project. Uh, being the first to design programs at Duncan Abler and meet people like uh, Joe Doherty and uh, Klein Smith and his father who officiated players like Juwan Howard And I'm sure he'd probably laugh if he ever heard this But I don't know uh, When he could not make a free throw At age 12 and 13 at Garrett Morgan Classic Behind Simeon High School uh, And wanted to play with my team when he got mad With his coach And me turning him around and telling him go back and apologize And stay And I try to teach my guys My daughter or my nephew as well When you start something you gotta finish it I try to be consistent across the board Find memories uh, My team was called Showtime Okay. That was, and I think that's what we brought to the floor each time we came to uh, any uh, arena. Uh, we played all over, and we weren't scared to go anywhere. We played at Foster Park, Garrett Morgan. We traveled anywhere there was a tournament. We we were there. Referee fees were uh, funny because I sponsored everything. I paid. Uh, I paid their way. I paid paved our way. So again, that they could say as well, and he'll tell you. I owe not, nothing to nobody. Um, other fond memories were uh, my sister being by my side. Uh, every step of the way, uh, sacrificing um, her life. Neither one of us, are am married. Uh, because we put in almost 30 years uh, in this thing. She's six years younger than I am. Um, the gentleman, uh, when my mom got sick, diagnosed with breast cancer when she was 50, uh, coming to uh, practice. And my guys knowing there was something wrong with me. Now, that's supposed to be the reverse. We're supposed to know something's wrong with a kid and take them over to the side and counsel. But it ended up that my kids counseled me. Uh, We know something is wrong. And when I try to play it off, running the, you know, um, the corridors, because, you know, every coach runs corridors and and all of that kind of thing. And they said, no, what's wrong? I told them. They forced me to. And then they went home with me to take care of my mom. I think that's one of the most fun. And my grandfather, we had a. Senility, Alzheimer's, and a bowel obstruction. Uh, One of my kids uh, cooked for my mom. Uh, He's now a chef to Skip Bayless's brother, the chef. I take great pride in that. He has three boys, I believe, and a a girl. And they're doing well in school, academics-wise, sport-wise. Going to uh, the finals, unfortunately, and I I struggle with answering this question. But if I'm going to be true and I can go to sleep tonight, I have to tell the truth. I was not on, I wasn't afforded the opportunity to sit on that bench when he took that national championship for the sexism and uh, the bias, and that hurt me a lot. And uh, hurt me more to, to see them hurt, but him hurt, especially because he was me when I wasn't here, when I no longer was welcome in this building. Um, but for him to take that last charge, which that's what we practice as freshmen, and sophomores, all the time, juniors, when people didn't find any value in doing those kind of basics in addition to free throws and that kind of thing. So you asked the question, what's different then than now? I talk skills. I talk basic skills. And um, we didn't know how this was going to come uh, to fruition, but it did for the school and for that group of guys and for the alumni. And it put Weston House really back on the map again after all those years. So um, I was grateful when he wanted to give me his medal and that kind of thing. And and I didn't take it because I thought he he deserved it and he earned it. And so those kind of things are the warm warm fuzzies Uh, for me. I'm graduating and attending uh, Quincy. I don't mean to keep talking about Darren Gafford. I'm sorry. It's just because we're out here and I'm just trying to make, I'm triggering, making a connection. But uh, going to Quincy. Uh. Quincy College uh, Quincy University when you know that's not a spot for people of color um, and all those who went to college and graduated um, that's paramount for me when we
0: met we met at the legends take back the street event over at College High School how was it for you to see some of those legends That you either coached against Or saw raised up in this ball game of basketball
2: Rasheed Griffin From King That was another one I used to sit in the corner And, and, and note take about I think I snuck in one of King's uh, practices One time with Landon Cox The
0: one we've had on the show, Landon Cox.
2: Wonderful All the point guards and Jamie Brandon And all those got Marcus Liberty Oh that's another one uh, Playing at the YBI Classic And we beat them and that was the first time um, those kind of things happened. Uh, uh, South Shore Tree, you remember him? Uh, having the opportunity where you once sat in the corner note-taking the to have the opportunity to play against a gentleman like that and uh, um, have my guys who people thought were nobody with Showtime to play against uh, that kind of uh, competitive nature was just wonderful for me.
0: I want to give you the opportunity we give to all our guests to say hello to those who have supported you through the years, those who have seen your hard effort and work for these young men in the streets and to mold them into being the men that they are today. We like to say give your hello, but we like to call them give your hollers to the people out there that supported you
2: first giving on to god you know, we, we you know most people start those kind of award shows with that but i would like to end that if we come to the conclusion that had it not been for him on my side in all of this my sister again who was with me uh, from day one who believed in vision i never wanted to quit you know there's some other things i might have wanted to quit she said we don't quit we don't do that to all my players All my players, uh, Showtime, all my players, Showtime 1-2, all my players, Westinghouse. There are a lot of people that I gave uh, a lot of credit to, and this is the first time in my career I'm able to give any credit to myself. For you and your wife I'm really eternally grateful This will be the first time in my life That I've had peace about all the madness That came with um, wanting to make a difference In kids' life on both sides And teaching That for the first time in my life After I met you all That I could sleep I'm going to shout you all out For your effort My daughter saved my life I had her when I was 38 My daughter is my lifeline. I live only for her My nephew, who has autism, to be able to to meet every challenge in life and not be able to even speak to age seven, to make honor roll, to make a student council representative, have music going to the Smithsonian, and gold medals all in Special Olympics. My mom, battling uh, lung cancer, Uh, my grandparents for their sacrifice. I left my paper with my notes on it at home, actually. So there are some things that I, I did want to to notate coach we gotta always have you back you know you got a lot of you got a lot of history you took that microphone away from me and you like oh i'm sorry you're talking too long and, no know, just, no no you got a lot of history so
0: don't think this is the last time you're gonna be on our show
2: yeah, i just i want to work with you guys that's what i want to do i'm there for you guys
0: coach let me first brother, just say this tanya johnson we thank you for your contribution to CPS Sports, to the young men, and not only that, for honoring us to be in your presence and being on the H2S2 High School Hall of Sports Show. We thank you very, very much. Thank
2: you so much. Next time, next interview, I promise, there are some women who've made other contributions that have played basketball for me. One Latrice kid was my child before I birthed my child. She's my namesake. My name is Tanya Latrice. She's my namesake, and she is she's at Prairie View now. And she has a daughter uh, who's beautiful. And so I want to give her that shout out. I I do. Because she made a difference in my life when I couldn't have children.
0: Well, we definitely look forward to having her as well. Thank you again, Coach. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: High School Holler.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to that remarkable story of Miss Tanya Johnson. We thank her for blessing and inspiring us never to give up. Thank you to coach tanya johnson next on the high school holla sports show we're going to talk about title IX. if you don't know what that is well we'll tell you more coming up in diva sports on the h2s2 show holla back
2: Are you looking for ways to reach new audiences and increase your clientele? Then let Urban Fieldhouse Media help you. local and national to grow by reaching diverse audiences through our creative programming. So join us today and let's grow together.
1: Imagine a world where kids no longer played football, or baseball, or basketball. Hard to imagine? Or well, what if no adults wanted to officiate? Right now, there's a critical shortage of high school officials, and you can do your part to make sure kids keep playing. For more information on how to become a licensed IHSA official, contact your local high school or visit the IHSA website at ihsa.org. A message from the Illinois High School Association. Stay in the game.